rewind. We are the hottest team in the competition. Let's make no mistake about that. It's Anthony 101 here in the elimination final. Loudon for three. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an incredibly very special episode of NBL Rewind. Hashtag NBL Rewind to get involved. If you've seen the game, we're going all the way back to 2009. Challenge Stadium in Western Australia, the Wildcats and the Crocs and our main man, Corey Homicide Williams. Huge part of that game. In his own words, it changed everything. And I'll tell you what, we got him out of bed to be involved in this as well. Have a look at him. He looks subdued, man. You good? Now, everyone else has probably watched this already, man. How you holding up? You good? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. But uh, excited. Excited. I feel like, I mean, between the Michael Jordan documentary <laughs> and me already beginning to train and get the jitters back for playing ball, oh, nice. and then days later, you guys hit me with this? Mm-hmm. This game-changing performance for not only the Crocs, but for me? I'm, let's talk about it. I'm hype. We're about to, Liam, Stan, and Marie. I've got an idea. I reckon there's something. In fact, there might be three or four different parts we could play, but this is things we need to play before NBL overtime. Really bring the great man in, ready to fire from the gun. <laughs> it, has, it has brought the energy, no doubt about that. I, I can't believe this game didn't like, turn into like a Philippines-type situation the energy <laughs> in this game before and during and after and the crowd like crazy game it was and just before we get to it the season that was south dragons win the championship we spoke a little bit about that on tuesday night kirk penny was the mvp from the breakers and it was the last year of the 48 minute game in the nbl as well last season so the year the next year which we'll touch on shortly mr mvp here went to 40 minutes but it was a season that had, in your words, Corey, a lot of change for the NBL because it was going through an interesting time. But, geez, there were some good games. Yeah, it was, it was definitely some good games. Um, there was a lot, of, a lot of good talent. Kurt Penny, um, oh, my God. I mean, this guy, you know, hell of a career at Wisconsin. We knew he was a shooter then. Um, national team, played in the NBA, um, played high-level Europe, and then came back home to Australia to uh, light up the New Ze- light it up and, and lace it up for the New Zealand Breakers. But Kurt Penny, you talking about going for every head fake. I've never seen anybody come off a screen. He reminded me like Reggie Miller. Um, what's, what's his name from Detroit Pistons? Rip Hamilton. That's mm. how he comes off the screens. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry. Like if the screen ain't Ready. good this way, he's whipping back to the other side. Mm-hmm. And you got young Mika Vacona, Dylan Boucher. Those type of guys setting screens for him, lights out. By the time you get to him, once he give you that head fake, you jumping for it. Head fake, one dribble, side dribble, three ball, bucket. This guy, man, that was the MVP of the league. He was, he was tough. Ebby Ara, Chris Anstey, 
I mean, Julius Hodge, like the list goes on and on with the players that were there. But um, this specific, this game, why I think it was so big was because last season, which was my first season, 2007, um, they they bumped us out. They bumped the Crocs out of the playoffs, right? So what people do not know is Scott Fisher was the head coach then. Scott Fisher was recruiting me to the Perth Wildcats for the last two seasons. Well, from my first year. So you're talking about 05, 06. He wanted me to come to Perth. But at that point, I had just got cut from Toronto and I went to the minors. You know, once you get a taste of the, of the league and you just, you're the last cut, you're like, I'm this close. Jump into the minors. You're not even listening or thinking about overseas at that point. You know what I mean? Like the NBA, is, it's truly a drug. Once you get a shot of it, you, you want more of it. So those next two seasons, I was just chasing the league, chasing the league, going to the minor leagues. And then um, when I got enough of it, I was like, listen, B, like I'm ready to go abroad this time for the long haul. So um, I sat down. Um, my agent got the call from Scott Fisher. We jumped on the horn. And I agreed verbally to be a Perth Wildcat. They were, had Rashad Phillips at the time there. Rashad, shout out to Rashad Phillips. They were going to waive him. But you know how Perth does it. They got to sit down. They got to talk to the board, blah, blah, blah. I actually, at that point, did not personally know Rashad Phillips. So I had no problem. I'm like, yo, dude ain't doing the job, whatever. It's my, they want me to come. So I gave a verbal, a verbal agreement right there. He said, look, I'm going to call you within 24 to 36 hours. I'm going to talk to the board, tell them you the guy I want to come in, and we go from there. I said, no problem. Like about maybe 12 to 18 hours later, Trevor Gleason calls my agent. Kelvin Robinson was the point guard. Roselle Ellis tears his pec muscle. It was he and Galen Young down there. Roselle goes down. Kelvin, they couldn't manage. Kelvin couldn't just be the full-time point guard. Now they needed a point guard in. My phone call, my phone call comes. It's the same amount of money. I know nothing about the NBL. All I know is this. This is a league where New York City guards do well. It's your style of play, up-tempo, run and gun. You know, my agent back in the day helped get D-Mac over here. So he was like, New York City guards do well in this league. I think it'll be a good fit for you. Trevor Gleason coached in the minor leagues, in the CBA. So you will be definitely, like, you will work clearly. He saw you, you know, the film, he know about you. You will work with him in this league. I'm like, all right, cool. Most guys, what you want is an opportunity where a coach believes in you and will give you the keys to the car to rock out. And, you know, do your thing. So I went down there. That's how I made the decision to come to Townsville. So I hit back. Uh, it was the same amount of money. So I'm looking at myself like, why would I wait for a team to cut a player when I can get this job right here in the same league? Uh, guess I'll go to Townsville. This is exactly how it happened. Now, Did you when call we Fisher? Passed, I, of course I emailed Fisher because we was emailed back then. Email. Okay. Okay. I was like, hey, coach, just want to let you know I'm going to Townsville. You know, uh, good luck. This is how I turned up to Australia and mm. did not go out west. I went to the tropical north. That's how I got to Townsville. 
with Gleason, a young, ambitious Gleason. And what was the feeling between Townsville, you guys, and the Wildcats, like, after they knocked you out? There's that back and forth, like, uh, Gleason and Fisher are getting into it. Oh, um, it was real. I mean, Fisher never spoke to me. You know, obviously, he was pissed. He'd been trying to recruit me for two years. He came that close, and I ended up going to Townsville. You know, so he was he was pretty pissed. We never really spoke after that. I mean, fair enough. Whatever his business. So when we played Perth, the first time I played against Perth, which is 2007, we played them in Townsville first. They had a guard named Gerald Brown. We won that game. Cool. We went back over to Perth. I think we may have may have split the season before. Or maybe we didn't win in Perth. I'm, I'm not sure off the top of my head. But let's just go with, because, you know, that's a graveyard. Let's just go with, I didn't win in Perth my first season. Mm. And we played them in the playoffs. Mm. They bump us out. Cool. Gleason, of course, grumpy, having words well, with Fisher. Is that because Scott Fisher called a timeout right at, like, 20 seconds? Game go. Was that's down. what happened. Exactly. That's what happened. So Gleason didn't appreciate that because the game clearly was over. You know, they had words when you go shake hands, blah, blah, blah. Went from there, right? Boom, next season. It carries over. You know, they play physical. You know, refs whistle in the pocket. It's playoffs. And we are in Challenge Stadium, which was a graveyard for mm. teams going out west to play. So it carried over. The the I was not a stereotypical import for the Perth Wildcats. We can clearly see that. I'm Russell Westbrook before Westbrook. I'm loud. I talk trash. I dress flashy. I got a mohawk. I'm texting players, talking the day before I see them. I I was getting players' numbers, texting them all week before playing them. Not anybody. My matchup. I was doing shit like that. Darnell Henson before this game? Of course I did, but forget (laughs) Darnell Henson, which is my man. But definitely, he was. We talked all the time. Uh-huh. But I'm texting like the homicide stopper. This is who I'm texting. <laughs> the angry giant. The, the angry ant is what they call him. Brad Robbins. I'm texting guys like him. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't gonna. I, I'm. I'm. I. That's the guy who I. You know when I was swinging the golf. Is the golf no, ball. Man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. this is what this was the type of energy I was bringing before games during the season you know what i mean so i don't want you i don't want i want you at your best i'm not sneaking up oh let me let me get one over him or you know i can catch him while he's sleeping nah i'm talking to you Corey's always been like this you know what i mean this ain't no act because now i got on a suit and i'm supposed to be the the the, the, the era i've been like this you know so that's why what we do today it's natural Hashtag NBL Rewind. If you've watched the game, you're going to know exactly what the hell went down. If you haven't seen it, jump on right now. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ways to get involved at NBL and then hashtag NBL Rewind. Hold your thoughts, Liam Santa Maria. First thoughts on this contest. What a game. And, and Carfino and Drewy said that that period of time midway through the third quarter for me was when this game went from a good game to a great game, like to an all-time memorable game, that there was a sequence of big bucket after big bucket. Corey, you remember, up seven, Hornset, that play you guys ran where you would become one of the screeners, really would go the other way, kick it back to you. 
straight line drive to the rim, bodied up Ben Knight, finished over the top. And then it was back and forth. PC, end of the shot clock, fadeaway three. Oh. Really with the answer, step back from range. Adam Boom. <laughs> yes. exactly. Don't forget the boom. You remember? Adam yep. comes down, slaps a three. This game's just going bananas out of the timeout garbage call against you. But at, that was at the point where from then on, it was just like, just bucket for bucket each way. Um, and obviously, really, 10 threes. He was just ridiculous. And our man here... Talk about put the backpack on. Mm-hmm. Midway oh. through the fourth, there was, a, there was a period of time where, Corey, you just went, give me the ball. You're playing with five fouls, but you're getting to the rim, you're getting fouled, you're getting to the free throw line, and then those pull-up jumpers, <laughs> whackety-whack, <laughs> ball game. This is what I actually really like. You hit those jumpers. Gazy and Steve Carfino... We're out of shock as anyone in the country because they continue to say that jump, uh, oh. jump shots are not exactly your forte. Killing and it. then you just went whackety-whack. They were loving it. The Perth fans obviously weren't. But it was something a little bit different late, which I don't think Perth... Although I must say, mm. the second one you hit was incredibly, incredibly well contested by Peter Crawford. Like, oh. there was a couple early... That they gave you some space and you're able just to go, I'm just going to shoot this. And Gazy said he took one dribble and knocked it down from the foul line. you got to get a hand! But the next one, Croft did get a hand and it still found bottom of the twine. I want to go back to that third quarter though because this is the first thought for me. Perth are coming. This game's about to go. I think they're mm. a point down and that's when you had, you had seven straight. You got, you got rolled. A couple of charge calls you got on you was a little bit, you know, that block charge conversation was obviously prevalent back in 09 as well. But... The fact is, you were subdued. I wasn't saying you played; you were subdued in your in the, in your play, but you allowed really to take over. Williamson, we'll get to unsung heroes oh, a little boy. bit later on. But then you just sort of flicked that switch half out of the third quarter, and the aggressiveness came out and really led that team. And you, there was, that's when the game you talk on, Liam. That's when the game went to a whole new level. I think um, one thing I learned, I learned under Gleason, and he was just trying to just. It was literally like on a lower level, Larry Brown, Allen Iverson. You know, here you got a guy, like I said, if you look at any of Gleason's imports after me, <laughs> you ain't seen nothing like me. He was, he was yeah. like, that was good, but I'm not doing that again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I had, um, you know, his imports, you, you realize that you want to win, man. You want to win. You want to win. You want to win. And I might see something in players in certain situations that the coach doesn't because I'm on the court. I understand I might pass the ball to you in the fourth quarter open. That's a wide open look. And you throw it right back to me. What does that tell me without telling me anything verbally? You don't want to shoot the ball. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm not losing this game because you don't want to shoot. I'm going to keep the ball and do what I got to do to get busy. With that, coaches don't see that. So it can look like, you know what, he's open. Why are you not giving him the ball? I know why he doesn't want the ball right now. Mm. So we would battle with things like that. You know, we were a small budget team up in the tropical north. We're not with the bright lights in the big cities. So there would be times where I felt like, Guys don't even think we can win. 
let alone compete. You know what I mean? Like going into Melbourne United Arena, that's an intimidating thing if you're from a small town. That season, I had to understand how to balance when to go mm. and when to pass. Get these guys going early in games because the lanes are going to be open later. Guys know you're going to drive. Guys know we're going to put three and four people in the, in the paint. You know what I mean? That's when I really need you to hit, but I got to get you involved early instead of getting me involved early. That's what I understood. Knowing to beat the Wildcats, that's the DNA till this day. Your outside shooters have to hit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, listen, man, the stuff that I would do, I would take my teammates out individually. Sit down. What you need? Dinner's on me. I had the town covered, so I wasn't paying for nothing. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I can go into restaurants like, yo, he with me. He good. Come on. What you want to do? You want to go out? Drinks on me. $1,000 tab. Don't worry about nothing. It's on me. Just know I need your ass to show up. Whatever it took. That's what I was on. Yeah, this, this game from you was like a perfect example of like playing what's in front of you, picking your moments. I wouldn't say uh, letting the game come to you because you weren't passive about that at all. But you, you, and you spoke about it in the pregame where you were like, I know the way the Wildcats play me. They're going to sit in there. They're going to pack the paint. i got to make sure I'm going to get my guys going on the perimeter first. But when those, when those tiny little creases presented early in the game, bam, you were through them and you were at the rim. But forcing nothing. And then when push came to shove, was go time. Yeah, man, like, those little creases, you know, they may look little watching the game and to a lot of people, but I knew in my prime, I was one of the best penetrators in the world. Nobody could stop me from getting to the basket. One person won't stop me. Depending where that other defender's coming from, I'm going to bounce through and get through and get a bucket left or right. You know what I'm saying? So that little crease is because the guy that that person is guarding, he has to step up a little bit more. Because that shooter just hit a couple or, you know what I mean, that shooter's in the game. Mm. Or Corey hasn't gone up the last few possessions. They can fall asleep. And now I'm good. I'm gone. I'm never, I was never worried about the guy that's in front of me. I'm going to get by him somehow. You know what I'm saying? I was never worried about, I was always worried about my shooters or the big guy. How's, how's that other defender um, positioned? So that, that's just what I was worried about. But I knew that I had to make sure, just chill. You're going to get yours easy. Get everybody else involved. That's going to open up later. Well, let's Come talk on. about that because, I mean, we need to start talking about John Rilly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, was, he was unbelievable in this game. You talk about you, got, you need to get guys hidden from the perimeter. This is 37-year-old John Rilly putting on a performance for the ages. And um, as they were saying on the call, like he wasn't just hitting open shots. Like these were spectacular crossover, step back, fadeaways. Some of the stuff he put up and put in in this game were incredible. 
And, and I, the f- first I, play of the game, homicide, you found him. Found him in rhythm. He's wide open. Second, almost the second play of the game on the 45 in front of the Townsville bench. Bang. And that's what you know, John really, of course, one of the best shooters we've seen. But when you find him in rhythm and it just looks so effortlessly early, it gave him that confidence to where he could, you know, I get it. This is going up. You made one mention of it earlier in that when Wildcats hit a couple of round one that he was fading away and he gave the, uh, I'm not sure who he gave it to. It he gave it to Gage and Carafino. Whenever we looked on that sideline, we were talking to them. You, okay, because there was a particular time in the game where I couldn't tell if you were yelling at Billy Mildenhall at the crowd or at the commentators. You're losing no, no, no. your mind. Well, well, for me, me personally, it wasn't anything I said. I just say a bunch like, get the f- out of here. That's just me getting hyped. It's to the crowd, even though it was facing. I was just showing them my passion and focus. But what came out of my mouth was to the crowd, of course. All right. So you mentioned it earlier. You got to hit outside shots. So when John really is doing this, which is so rare, doesn't matter who it is in what league around the world, how much easier did that make your life that particular night? When John really is doing that, it allowed you to do what you could do at the highest level. Well, well, for me, first of all, John really. Shout out to my man, John really. Mm-hmm. This is a comedian, right? I came off the plane when I first landed in Australia. I had on a nice white T-shirt, some white linen, linen pants, and like uh, some white sneakers, all white, right? Looks at me, he's like, what are you going to do? You going to go play cricket? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what cricket players wear, but you seem like a comedian, so you're cool with me. <laughs> <laughs> so John really, I would have loved to seen him in his prime. He would have been an absolute nightmare. It was fun. But one thing he did as the leader of our team every day, first guy in the gym, getting up shots. Last guy to leave every day. If I didn't believe in nobody else, I believed in John really 100%. So the emphasis, if you watch Gleason today, which we do, a la like Clint Steiner, what's the first thing you do when Clint Steiner subs into the game? Feed him the ball. Let him go. Feed him the ball. Right? Okay, teams, Corey don't shoot threes, so players sag off. No problem. You go to the horn set, as, a, as where the four or five man will be, you set the screen. Now they got to play. Or, or let the big guy set the screen. You stay there. Let the five set the screen for really. Now he comes off. There goes a mismatch or somewhere like that. You know what I mean? So we had to put really especially in this game, not to mention a hell of a defender. And Peter Crawford is guarding him. So we got to make sure we get really those looks when he's open. Make it an emphasis to get him going. Only way you're going to win this game is if really is cooking. It's straight up. So we had to get him involved. And I had to make sure. Get my man a pill. Get my man involved. Make a miss. I need you to do It's a single game elimination. Mm. Make a miss. I'm going with you. Let's go. And you mentioned Peter Crawford. Oh, my on, God. On three, number 10. Crawford goes under the screen. Your handoff, Corey. Your dribble handoff. He's hit nine of these bad boys. He's been hitting triples left, right, and center for over a decade in this country. And, and PC tries to cheat under the screen, and, and uh, JR just nails that thing. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. Right in front of his head coach, too, Connor Henry. Hey. Hashtag Connor Connor Henry, man. There was a lot of change that happened after that game. Funny enough, Connor Henry's back in the country. Mm-hmm. And the guy that 
we all thought was going to coach the Adelaide 36ers was the opposition point guard in, in uh, Cape Horn, who played actually really well in this particular game uh, really as did. well. I, we, look, were you the only one chirping here? Like you mentioned about the year before, oh but you seem, looking back on it, you seem to be the guy who really inflamed this whole situation. Were you the only one chirping going into this contest? Definitely not. Um, I'm going to set the table, right? Because I'm pretty sure we got to watch this game at some point. So I'm going to set the table right here. The whole team for the Wildcats knew I was supposed to come in. I didn't come in. I come in with my attitude, and I know one thing. If I don't bring nothing else, I bring energy, and I bring confidence. So if you don't have a lot of energy and you lack confidence, if you are around me, you are going to have those things. We're going into a battle against big teams. At one point, the whole Townsville Crocs all had Mohawks. Like, the energy, we like, yo, listen, here's how we going to do it. We are going to be the new rock stars of this league. I feel I'm a rock star. I need you guys to feel that. So whatever I got to do to make you feel like you're a rock star, this is what we're going to do. We're going to war. F everybody. It's about us. That was, the, that was right there, the mentality. We got a coach who's about it. Yeah, me and him might have butt heads, but guess what? We had each other's back when it was time to go to work. And that's all it was about. We lost the week before in Perth by damn near 35 points, maybe 40. I sucked that day. We never won in Perth that whole year. When they came to Townsville, when we did win, we just won, okay? Barely won. Simon Devlin, you guys have to understand, there's <laughs> a man named Simon Devlin. This is the best, the biggest heckler in this league. I don't think the league's, look, again, you guys are here, you guys are from here. I'm just a visitor that played here. He has the biggest impact on players, whether players want to admit it or not. We had team huddles and meetings. Don't listen to him. Don't look at him. Don't talk back to him. This is what Gleason is saying to the team. You know me. Yeah, I, I'm going to shut his ass up. I failed every time, miserably. The last time we played, like, again, we lost by 35. Gleason, you ain't no good tonight, man. Sit your ass down. I got a towel over my legs. I got a towel over my shoulder. I got a towel over my head. It was mid-third quarter when he subbed me out. A little bit over halftime. And I just sat there. And I took it. And there's players that to tell you it. I will tell you it. The crowd in Perth, they're not a friendly crowd. Mm. They, they, I'm talking about grandmothers, wives, daughters. Forget the grandfathers, the men, and the sons. The women. The things that they would say out of their mouth is ridiculous. And what I did was because I, I, I hold myself more accountable than anything from anybody because I consider myself as a leader and I have to lead from the front. And when you open your mouth and you run your mouth the way I do, when you don't show up, you got to take it and you got to wear it. And I wear it. That's how I am. No problem. I sat there. I didn't say a word. I took it. And I said, we'll be back next week. And I said to myself, remember this feeling. Remember this feeling. Is this how you want these people to, to remember you and think of you and talk about you like this? Talk at you like this? Remember this feeling. Jumped on a flight. Went back to Townsville. Remember that. 
Looked in the mirror every night before going to bed. Remember that. Remember it. Your ass is going with your teammates on a flight back over there. We practice in the gym. Usually we never practice in the gym. You practice in the side gym. And game day, you may do game day shoot around in that venue, but you don't practice in the, in the team's game venue only on the day of the game. We went up to Perth maybe two days before the game. I don't know why, but they like, yo, look, we want to get y'all up there early a couple of days. We practice in the facility. So I believe we got familiar with the rims. That's my opinion. Because before those rims were hard and, and, and one rim was higher than the other, it was, just, it was just tough to hit in there for me. I'm a penetrator. Teams would play off me because I don't shoot threes. I get to the rack and create. Every now and then I'll shoot the mid-range on the 45 off the glass. But you know what? We'll live with him shooting a perimeter shot then getting to the basket. So I felt comfortable in that gym after shooting around that those two days prior to the game. We got there, and the rest is history. Once I, once I, we, we seal the deal, Russell Hinder throws me the ball. I go up, dunk that, and I don't know what made me do it. I guess it was just all the emotions of all the cry. I said, no one's ever done nothing like as I'm doing it, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm rolling with it. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like the way you did it too. It was like it was every step of the way. First the uh, quick untuck, and then the whole, you know, like the holding very delicate style too. You weren't just whirling it around. Your I want head. you to see me. Mm-hmm. I want you to, I want to give you an image you will never forget. I didn't win a championship. We lost the goal in game three against the Dragons. We lost in the last four minutes. Mark Worthington took that game over. But I tell you this, you will never forget me, Perth. You will never forget me. Not after that post game. You'll never forget me. And it was the arrogance of Perth because they beat the hell out of us. Mm -hmm. It was the arrogance where they thought that, ah, we just beat them last week by 35-40. We'll just sweep them again. That's why I always say, man, the window of opportunity closed. When you get opportunity to finish somebody, you better finish them. Anything could happen in one game. They never forgotten. That's why that beef stems over all the way till, well, now the Red Army did hate me. But I mean, I, clearly I think they don't hate me anymore because, you know, I'm a believer in the baddest man in the land and I picked them to win the championship when it came to my senses. So, we we are right now. We love each other now. But back then, I don't even. I don't think I really even knew how much they hated me. Now, Peter I, Crawford. Peter Crawford did a TV news interview the day before and said you'd be on the beers. Yeah, he said that. Um, well, after this game, we'll be thinking about who we're playing in the next series, and they'll be having drinks because they'll be on their way home. So like. I think people really think that I was the only big shit talker, but it wasn't like it was. And he's from Townsville. Like it, it, it got disrespectful, man. It got real. You know, Russ, Russell Hinder came out, who was my teammate, and was like, you know, wives and children of the opposition, they get pushed around and talk dirty to and disrespect. Listen, man, let me tell you something. Perth Wildcats, they are passionate. The Red Army, rather, they are extremely passionate. Some of those players were real dirty. Sean Reddish always flopping and giving cheap shots. I mean, this was real. Yeah. <laughs> this was real. So, 
know, this this game of series, I tell you this, I usually after games, I'm going out. Some of my teammates and I would go out night on the town. You know, I did not leave my hotel after that game. I tell you that me. I was like, look, there's no way I'm not getting into a fight. If I go out on the town in Perth, I stood in my hotel. I'm just like, look, let's just get on a flight when it, tomorrow morning and go to Townsville. Redemption was sweet because you had that dunk to end the game, which led to the singlet coming off. But there'd been one earlier in a third quarter run, Liam. I know you'll know what I'm talking about. He had an opportunity to throw it down almost the exact same angle, exact same yeah. rim, and it slipped. You're only able just to creep it in. It was part of that 7-0 run that right. uh, changed the game back into the Crocs. But I was always glad you have an opportunity to throw it down because you, you half changed your mind in the third quarter. You did. Put an extra <laughs> little bit of flavor on the finger roll and the thing whirled around the rim. I, uh, on the right side, me, I'm a weird dunker. Not a, I'm not a big-time dunker, but um, on the right side, attacking from the right, yeah, I don't get up high enough. But if I attack from the middle or the left side, I would get up high enough. So. We're about to get Unsung Heroes. Just on that, did you, you had a dunk contest or some type of challenge with Rojo Ellis? Was this the year? Yeah, uh, I believe it was the year. We put, uh, I think it was $1,000 up. Now I was like, I'm going to get more hey, dunks. Was that $1,000 cash or a $1,000 drink card? No, it was $1,000 cash because we All had right. to put our own money up because, like I said, man, like, thank, shout out to Townsville, man. I appreciate it. I love you all. Be like, I ain't had to pay for nothing. So, so you, you had a, a challenge with the center. With Roselle. The, the big man who would have the yeah. more dunks in the year. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he won. I had to go home. I had death in my family. And I think like that weekend, uh, really put it out of range for me <laughs> because okay. they, I think they played back to backs, you know, the road trip road weekend. They had like four dunks. I was like, damn, I ain't catching them now. <laughs> Cam, a couple of quick little tidbits beyond the box score before Hit we me. move on to unsung heroes. Is it just me or did the cheerleaders look like they were from Townsville in this game? I, I, I to be honest, I, I, to be honest with you, you I don't even remember. They were wearing green and white. Were they? <laughs> anyway, I don't know, but that since then. Um, also, I don't know if you noticed this, Cam, as you closely watch the footage. The security guard pushed near... me. Hmm? The, the security secu guard pushed me. The security guard near the Townsville bench. Was he an Elvis impersonator? <laughs> did, you get, did you get a good look at him? I, I can't say that I, I, I that didn't come to my mind. Oh boy, I don't know what was going on there. And then one <laughs> other thing, late in the third, really hits the three right in front of the Perth bench, and he's kind of being defended by Connor Henry from behind. <laughs> right? And uh, I'm told that he chirped at Henry, telling him that's the closest anyone from his team's been to him. All night long, he's like, maybe you want to get some of your guys to defend me like you just did. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> so John really hit the three, told Connor Henry what you just said, and then told Billy Mildenhall to get him away. So he went in, like, one of the best things about this game is that it wasn't just you, Homicide, abusing as many people as you could. John really was so good in the lip as well, and it added mm. so much to it. And then, you know, there was the, the Russell Hinder, Sean Reddick's, situation of course you mentioned russ russ russell early i, I like the fact that there was one where reddish went baseline <laughs> hinder had already given him a cheap little elbow in the back of the head after reddish got a layup 
And then Redditch went baseline and Hinton just came over and pushed him in the guts, uh, which was after the play had already been called. So those, the chirpiness and the, the little one percenters in the, in the aggressive stakes really made this game like mm. next level in the fourth which is, quarter. The which when you couple with the crowd and everything that Corey mm. was telling us about the way that they interact and, and the things they say to the players, like directly howling down on them, which is why I'm amazed this game didn't explode. Like, you know, a fight at some point. Now, look what they... They flew Billy Mildenhall in to look after it. That's they did. Billy did a great job. I mentioned 10 times. <laughs> I think that... Um, I always said that the Perth Wildcats, they were a bunch of fake tough guys. Like, it would never... It would never erupt into a fight. We were pretty much... We were never not in control of the game. You know what I'm saying? Even if it was close and it could have went both ways, it ain't like we lost touch of the game. So... I'm perfectly intact mentally in terms of not allowing me or my teammates. And I got Roselle. Like, the last thing we're going to do is fight. We're going to win this game. You know what I mean? The fight is on the court playing the right way. Yeah, if it get physical, cool. But we we went in there and shocked the hell out of them, especially at the end. Like, they were all in shock. At the end of the game, you could see Sean Reddish like, like, what the hell just happened? Like, they were all in disbelief, you know? But the end of the day, I'm just glad we won. You know, that was the birth of Croc Nation. It was a hell of a game. Um, John really made history. Um, everybody went in and did all that they needed to do, whether it was a defensive stop, whether it was a rebound, whether it was that extra hustle, um, that box out. You know, I knew that, you know, majority of the weight offensively, Really and I had to hold down, you know, Roselle doing his defensive stuff, you know, and um, Brad, Brad Williamson came in, whack, 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 three threes. Mm. So whenever it even looked kind of close, like momentum was about to change, whack, whack, whack. Let's open this thing back out. You know what I mean? All you ever want is enough breathing room to where if it does get close, if I felt like at that point, I got to put the backpack on and close this thing out. I'm good with that. All right, that's a perfect time to get into Unsung Heroes because Brad mm. Williamson, in that second quarter, little transition, mini transition, pull up three, bang. Then he gets another one from Russell Hinder, shot clock about to go, bang. And in a straight possession, a straight on three with no real hand. There was a defender standing near him. But you're right, you, you touched on it beautifully. It changed the momentum again. It feels like there was maybe 10 times in this game, you just watching it live, you would have thought Perth are going to win this game. And different ways. And Brad Williamson in that second quarter, Liam, I'll go to you first, yep. just swung the momentum, which ended up leading to a 15-point near halftime lead. Got a couple of late baskets in the Wildcats to get it back. But that lead went from, I think it went from 33-all to 54-49 yeah. on the back of Brad Williamson in those three triples. Yeah, he was enormous. Like, uh, Corey, you and, you and really needed a third wheel. Needed a third, another guy offensively who was going to get some buckets. And obviously throughout that season, sometimes that was Roselle, sometimes that was Russell Hinder. But in this game, it was Brad Williamson. Those three triples midway through the second quarter were massive. I think his biggest, I mean, the biggest play of the game, really, was the corner three. three with, <laughs> with about two minutes left. Oh, my God. One point game. <laughs> The ball finds him in the corner. I think you find him. Mm -hmm. 
and he goes whack and you guys go up four and it wasn't you and it wasn't really and it was Williamson in that moment that hit that shot and you talk about taking guys under your your wing and making sure that they were ready to go in those moments what was the backstory but I mean was is this the perfect example of the guy you take out and sit down and say hey when the big moment comes be ready to fight you know um Brad Williamson and I, we had a, we had a really good relationship, you know, um, whenever I would go out, Brad Williamson, you need anything? I got you covered. This man, first of all, he has championship experience from playing with the Brisbane Bullets. Yep. Elite outside shooter. You know, a lot of the times Gleason kind of like used him more or less like Gleason uses uh, Clint Steindl. If you hit him, I got you. If you're not hidden, come sit with me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that time, me seeing how, a lot of times Gleason, you know, I got on Gleason nerves, but I'm an import. So he's going to need to use me and not bench me more than use me, even if I'm getting on his nerves. So I knew that certain players, I needed to ensure that I even had more of a relationship with. You know what I mean? Because I knew you can shoot. Mm. I'm going to need you. you know, and I needed his confidence to continue. So I'm just like, listen, B, don't be scared when you're out there. Let that thing burn. You open. I will never be mad at anybody for shooting a shot I know that they can hit, let alone they know they can hit. You mm. know what I'm saying? So he let that thing go. And um, the way he was shooting, you know, it, it went in. I had, no, I had no doubt that not only did he have a good look, but he hit shots like those. You know, we see it. Every day with your teammates, there's certain things you may not see in the game that you see in practice. I would see him hitting these, you know, so I had the utmost confidence in him. And I'd always get him beers when we out. Don't worry about that. <laughs> hey, Whatever you need, I got you. Unsung hero, Russell Hinder was really good in this game as well. Really, really good. And, of course, long distinguished NBL career. But another game, you know, that he played well in, big game, of course, playoff experience, playoff intensity games and level games, no real surprise. He's been in those games prior and, and, and after this as well. But I thought it was really good at different moments. You touch on it. Uh, it was really an, an homicide, in particular in the second half. But Williamson, Hinder came up at different moments as well and just kept that momentum ticking along. And I'll give you one more before I let you loose, Liam. Unsung hero, the entire team, offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter, big moments. And it was one with about a minute and a half to go, really chases down his own, takes mm. a real tough 20-foot fade away, never looking like it. Just gets his own rebound and starts the whole thing again. And it led to a homicide foul shot and getting to the rim. So offensive rebounds, unsung hero from the entire team. Because at different times, the ball ended up and the Crocs off their own miss. Shout out to Roselle Ellis as well. Only three points, but 12 rebounds. Four of them offensive. They were big, like you say. Four assists, four steals, playing through cramps in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. And he just brought like a toughness. That front line of Hinder and, and Alice in particular, and you throw some minutes in from Daniel Egan um, because, you know, like the scoring machine, Alex Loughton, Isaiah Victor, they didn't... Redditch! Exactly. They didn't let that Perth front line get off the hook and take over the game. I forgot yeah, Daniel Egan played in that game. Like, obviously, yeah, championship winner late in his career by that stage. But even when he came on... Couple of offensive rebounds, couple of quick buckets early in that. I think it was in the first or maybe the early of the second quarter. He, you're, you're right. That 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 front line for you guys 
was a huge reason as to why you were able to stop what was the main strength of the Wildcats. Yeah, definitely, man. Shout out to all of those guys, man. Daniel Egan, you know, which he's doing some really good work up in uh, up in Victoria, actually. Northern Territory. Um, yeah. Sorry, NT, yeah. NT with the 3X3. He does a lot with them. Um, Roselle Ellis, who's now a police officer in Seattle, you know, the, the, the blue-collar worker that he is. You know, Russell Hinder, who was the captain for the team this year, he was a, a, a voice, you know, outside of Gleason, you know what I mean? Somebody needed to get, hear that shit all the time to relay it to us because <laughs> I didn't want to hear that shit. <laughs> but he did a really good job leadership-wise with the group. You know, he hit shots, he played defense, he did all the little things. You know, he's a funny character, too. He's funny as hell. And um, I always loved his energy and how we went about doing things. And, um, you know, we had a real good group, and we believed. You know, we weren't collectively, we didn't all have the biggest names, but everybody came and worked their asses off and did did their part. And when, um, you know, you, you have special wins. You know, I didn't have a chance to win a championship here. It's all good. But when you have special uh, wins and special moments, it takes a team to get it done. Mm. Hey, Cam, Cam Toby, Russell Hinder, Cam. And Cam Toby, right. Cam Toby, yeah. Cam, who's now a bean. Is he still a bean counter? He was stu- This man was in school studying to be an accountant while playing. That was impressive. I go. believe so. Um, Russell Hinder was a big reason why the post-game interviews in this game were... <laughs> Epic level. <laughs> now they weren't. They weren't on the edit that we we've got to watch what? this. But but really, and oh. and you, Corey, on the floor with Drewy. But then Drewy goes into the locker room. <laughs> you can find this stuff on YouTube. He goes into the locker room. These guys are loose, very loose. And Hinder's wearing like a. He's like sticky taped a sign onto his top. There's. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Keegan Chudhope's holding up a sign. He is in there. He oh gone. my god! Uh, it was it was loose in that that locker room for sure. Man, I can tell you this. I um back here commentating with you guys. Um, I I really wish that guys would not be afraid to show their personality and color because if you're not afraid to be yourself publicly. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine if guys would, cause there's some funny guys that play in this league, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, look how we looked. Russell Hinder with it. <laughs> he's, he's hilarious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Russell, Russell reminded me of like Will Farrell, man. Yeah. But he was a professional ball player, championship Ooh. winning player. Hell of a personality. There's yeah. so many guys that have personalities like that, but just too shy to, to show that side. Um, I, I, if, if, if nothing else, I would love for guys to just show a bit more personality and color. It adds so much more, man. So much more. Well, there was another guy in this game who fits into that character category, which is Alex Loughton. <laughs> On the other side of the floor. Right. Like the- the Alex Loughton fist pumps, which then be, went on to become absolutely legendary in the NBL. They were in full on full display in, at points in this game. Yeah, the emotion, the, the emotion in this game for a team like there's no way we're gonna lose this game. There's no way. Then it's on team. Then it's another team like, yo, you know how embarrassing this would be if we lose this game. So the emotions of both of those thoughts 
going through both of those teams mm. you bring out so many emotional things and Simon mm. Devlin was really the main guy why I took my shirt off running the, and that's what box I was in yeah he was on that baseline you don't see Simon Devlin you see a little kid yeah. and you see a woman but like that's I think his wife and his kid like I was going nuts at out yo all I could tell you is man by the time I got out of that venue I don't think it's in the edit the whole venue was screaming, mm -hmm. Corey's a wanker. Yeah. Corey's a little kids, everything. I was like, Gaze, you hear the chant, Gaze? I love it. <laughs> Yo, th that game was crazy, man. That game was crazy. Hashtag NBL Rewind if you're one of the Red Army who were there at Challenge Stadium <laughs> that night and give us your thoughts. I'm sure there's heaps of Wildcats fans who uh, have watched it and probably had to force themselves to watch it. I did see Lockie Reed, who was the the court announcer in that particular game tweeting about refusing to believe that the game even happened. It was more one of Homicide's dreams. But a lot of Red Army there that night. Hit us up, hashtag NBL Rewind, at NBL, about your thoughts. And your thoughts, and if you, I guess, jumped in the chant towards Homicide as he left the Challenge Stadium floor. I'm glad uh, we did this game. Yeah, yeah it, man. It, it, security pushed me. Like, I was going out. Security pushed me. That's when I can't. That game was nuts, man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just before we wrap this up, a huge win. You go down 2-1 to South Dragons, you win your home game uh, and get done in Melbourne in game three. And then the following year, you, again, when you're the MVP, you went to a new level. And again, deep into that playoff run, lost to the, the Hawks in three games 12 months later. But this type of game with this group, how much confidence did it give you and the crew that you're a legitimate NBL championship contender? Yeah, um, it gave us a lot of confidence. Um, you know, in, in my head, I could believe whatever I want to believe, but it's about the group group belief. You know, the biggest hurdle uh, is playing against Perth Wildcats in Perth. If you can get it, you actually believe. It's like equivalent to college. It's like pe beating Duke University back in the day. You can get a win in Duke. There's no place in the USA, in the land, you cannot win at. You know what I mean? That's the hardest venue to win. So you always, you know, you always have Melbourne, Melbourne Tigers. You know, they're always going to be like the benchmark. You know, you have uh, Sydney Kings benchmark. You know, I think they, they were out that year, if I'm correct. I think they were out. Of, they bankrupt that year, them in Brisbane. So you had South Dragons was stacked. Melbourne was stacked. Perth. Those are the top three. So if you can get, crack that top three. You know, you feel you got a chance against anybody to win the whole thing. From there, but, it's, from, it's matchups. But this, I, I get the sense this still feels like a missed opportunity for you, though. Because oh, when, my God. It was, know, two it was, days ago when Cam brought up on, on overtime, when he mentioned. Told me like that, right? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it when he said that it was the Dragons and the Tigers in that. Should, and, and he's talking about that Dragons winning that championship. I could see the moment where the pain yeah. kind of came back to you. Yo, that I, I series see. went to a third game. You guys got wiped <laughs> off the floor in game three. You I had it. Like you I, let that series slip. I had that game. I had the game covered. We had the game covered. I always talk about matchups because we know when it comes to playoffs, it's about matchups. I'm like, I'm getting at least 20. So I got to match whatever imports input is on the opposition's team, right? That's how we're going to balance each other out. I'm like, all right, we beat, we beat the Dragons three to one mm. in the series. So I love, I'm like, oh, we're we going to the chip. Game one, 
They barely beat it. I don't even know if you got the score in front of I don't know what the score was game Five one. Five points. Okay. So that's little things you got to tighten up, right? Mm-hmm. Come home, game two, we win. Game three, I'm like, we got them. Four minutes left in this game is where we lost it. And it wasn't my matchup. You know what I mean? Henders guarding uh, Wertho. Galen is guarding Dante Smith. Those two guys went and took it over. And it wasn't take over like dominate, but they did enough. You know what I mean? Wertho went went in in in, in that last four minutes. We had him covered. We had him covered. Ingles, we had covered. Dante, we had them covered. But it was like that, that it's hard to, to, to hold down a good player for 40 minutes. You know what I mean? All you need is like a little two-minute spurt or whatever. You know what I mean? And that was the game right there. That was the game right there. So, you know, that was something that I was just like, like, what, what, else, could I, could, what else could I have done to help? You know what I mean? But... You know, the better team won. The better team won. And then game that following year, uh, Wollongong, they were real. They had a point guard who was tough, Taiwan McKee. But then his mm-hmm. back got injured. So he didn't play anymore. And I wasn't hitting my jump shot in the, uh, in game three. Game one, I didn't hit. We lost. Game two, I hit. We won. But not just because I hit. But... Game three, you know, it was just home court advantage, man. That's why you fight so hard for home court. Because I know if it was the other way around and we had home court advantage, we would have went into the grand final. Mm. And that year, game year th- the MVP year, 2010, it was a three-way tie for second place. Us? <laughs> Who was it? I f- it was us, Perth, I think, and Wollongong, I think. And I think we ended up. I don't know what what spot we end up getting, but either way, it was a three way tie for second. Go figure. Hashtag NBL Rewind to get involved. Any last thoughts, Liam Santa Maria? That was fun. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun it was, watching it. It was fun talking <laughs> to Corey about it. It was fun. Homicide um, dropping the magic five times. It was just real good. You can you yeah. can feel the passion that still exudes from your body when talking about these type of contests, Homicide. And that's what. <laughs> We were hoping it was going to happen when we watched this game together, and uh, no doubt it's, it's happened in spades. Yo, blaming on Michael Jordan again. That's what started it the whole week. My energy been like this all week. I feel like we are in season. You know, so for them to roll it a couple of days later, we dropping this. I haven't watched this game. I watched this game one time. You know what I mean? As a player, you're like, it's on to the next. You know, just a really good game. Way to upset the team that you hate. And you on to, to the next, but you know, I'm going to enjoy actually watching how this game, the drama, and how this game actually went. I'll I, I tell you this, Liam. Obviously, we're all in a pretty weird situation at the moment. But if the NBL 1 existed right now, I think there'd be an import. <laughs> He's putting his hand up just to stretch the legs over. Because you, you got that glint in your eye again, Homicide. I, I haven't seen it for a little while. Once you get the, yeah, the I mean, pill back out, once we're back loud on court, who knows what could happen? So, it's an NBL... 
One. Hey, Trevor. No, 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 all right, hey, hashtag NBL Rewind to get involved. If you haven't watched the game yet, uh, NBL TV, NBL on Facebook, Instagram's got heaps of stuff on there, as Twitter as well. Don't forget, Adam Gibson and Brock Modem's conversation is up on podcast and NBL Overtime with us. Three are back on Tuesday. Oh, I got one more thing. Go on. You ready for this? Hit me. All right. So there was a player on that team, and... Years later, after that, um, I ended up, I came back to Australia. I was just visiting a friend of mine in Australia. I was playing in Lebanon at the time, and I bumped into him. I saw him out. I was like, how you doing, man? Great to see you doing, you know, some really good things hoop-wise. You know what I mean? Good stuff. He was like, man, it's great to see you too, and I want to tell you something. That game, when you ripped that jersey off and you did that, that was the sickest shit I ever seen. And I always wanted to have that type of, like, style and impact. Guess who that player was? PG-43. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. So, inspiration comes from a lot of different places. <laughs> nice. Baby-faced. CG baby face because remember he's a development player you know yeah. and Chris when he was growing up you know went up under Joey you know what I'm saying so the swag and the little badass shit that he has which he has till today you know we can say homicide was a part of that <laughs> so in that Perth there's a little bit of homicide in everybody whether you want to believe it or not baby <laughs> I like that loving your work CG 43 <laughs> that note we out. Hashtag NBL Rewind to get involved. We'll be back Tuesday. Next Thursday, NBL Rewind again. Until then, keep watching hoops. Peace.